Welcome to the WIFT podcast. This is Vanessa Gilday, Vice Chair of Women in Film and Television Ireland. A while back, WIFT ran an event called A Stronger Voice for Women in association with and during the Galway Film Flower. The event featured a dynamic panel discussion on creating a stronger voice for women in the film and TV industries with a focus on writing, casting, auditioning and acting. Panellists included international and Irish talent, screenwriter Kirsten Smith, Legally Blonde, Ten Things I Hate About You, casting supremo Louise Kiley, Ella Enchanted, Sing Street, screenwriter Stephanie Preisner, Can't Cope, Won't Cope, and the brilliant actor Shauna Kerslick, star of A Date for Mad Mary. Here's how the discussion went. Thank you very much. Yes, so I'm Stephanie Preisner. Welcome to this very sunny Saturday morning in Galway. Um, so I have on the panel with me Shauna Kerslake, Kirsten Smith, Kiwi, who we're going to call Kiwi, and Louise Kiley. So we're running a little bit behind, so I'm just going to jump into it. You've probably all seen the biog, so you don't need to know who we are. But it might come across as we talk. So Shauna is an actor and uh, then we have Louise who's casting and Kiwi who is a writer and a director. So I guess I just want to start by asking you guys and I'll ask all of you kind of how it started. I'll come to you first Shauna because you're closest to me. So you're an actress and I just want to know about maybe some characters or like where did it all start? Why did you become an actress and were there any characters in your childhood where you begin to reading or um, if you want to sit a little bit closer to your oh, mic. Yes. I was like, are you going to pass me that? No, <laughs> this is mine. Okay. <laughs> um, so it started for me, um, the first feature I did was when I was in college studying arts. So I was kind of, I had always done drama and speech and drama and my mom had sent me to classes and all that kind of thing. But um, <clears throat> I never really knew people could do it as a job. So when I went, I uh, was in my drama class and a casting director called Nick McGinley came in and he put me on tape and I made a bags of the monologue I was meant to do and all that kind of thing but he sent the tapes off then to Maureen Hughes who was cast in Dollhouse with Kirsten Sheridan and they called me in from there and I didn't have a clue I just came in and was like yeah hey. and auditioned and it kind of went from there and then when I was on set for like the first time doing a feature I was like oh so this is you know people do this as a job and oh okay yeah I like this and I kind of then realized if I wasn't acting I don't know what else I'd be doing because even throughout college I was still doing drama and it was kind of like you know my savior at the end of the week every Friday to kind of go and but um yeah so that's where it all began kind of Sorry, I actually just kicked her under the table by accident and that's what shut her up and I didn't mean it. It's like, just okay, that I've been, I, I'm sitting here and I just kicked something and I was like, oh, she now thinks that I'm, like, so I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> this is a nice segue and I will move on and ask the same question to Kiwi, who I won't be able to kick. Were you big into reading as a kid or into films or what characters kind of did it for you? Yeah, I was. I grew up on a sailboat, and I didn't have any television, so wow. I was always reading and and writing little stories, and so that was just that was my way of entertaining myself. I was an only child, so and then I I moved into poetry when I got into college, and uh, I worked in a video store, 
as a teenager back when there were video stores, they were amazing. And so I loved movies. I mean, that was just my thing. And got to college and realized, um, you know, poetry is not going to be a very lucrative pursuit. So I could maybe do this thing called screenwriting. And I went to college in Los Angeles and got an internship there where I was reading lots of screenplays. And that's what sort of taught me, like, how to understand the form and understand structure. And I wrote a screenplay in college and, um, and then, you know, ultimately met a writing partner through this, through this internship through that later became a job. And, and then we just decided to take a stab at it. Fascinating. And is, you know, margaritas one night (laughs) on cocktail napkins. (laughs) And is it the, the characters that kind of speak to you? Like when you were starting out or more of a plot that kind of comes to you first or, I mean, yeah, I think it's it's having that that idea of a great character who finds herself in a funny situation, and that in itself is creates some sort of concept, you know. Like if you can think of the most an unusual character being forced to do an extreme thing in order to achieve her goals, then that that can create a, a big idea. Great, yeah, yeah, and Louise. Um, well, I was, yeah, speech and drama, always growing up, lots of drama classes, any time I could get on stage, I was like, right up there. And then I did law in college, and as much as I was in sort of lectures and stuff, I was in the theatre more. It's just always where my heart was, um, whether it's kind of on the stage or backstage or whatever it was. And then I went to the Gage School of Acting and trained for two years, and then was a very successful actor for a few years, clearly. Um, was an actor for a while. And, uh, and then just decided one day with a very good friend of mine that we would be casting directors because we had no idea what that meant or <laughs> we thought it sounded cool and we sort of winged it. And actually Liz, Gail, who's here tonight, uh, our very, very first short film we cast, which was extremely exciting because it was such a... You know, we were like, yeah, we're casting directors. And uh, and Liz Gill was very kind. Uh, that we, It was our first short we ever cast within like a couple of days of deciding. And we used Reroll Nightclub as our as our stage, I suppose. So there was a bit of a smell of beer. But apart from that, it worked. <laughs> so beyond that, it was just kind of like, yeah, just kind of taking it as it comes. And since then, you've become one of the most working in casting, some of the most like casting Red Rock, Red Water can't cope won't cope and a date for mad mary i'd be really interested to know what are you know some of the most challenging roles for women that you've cast in the last few years and and why you think they are um okay i mean there have been so many over the years um and of course finding the character on the page is is often you know so clear and then of course when you match it with the right actor it kind of comes to life I mean, A Day from Aunt Mary, which is on, which was on the screen last night, obviously, that Shauna played, was the, as far as I know, it was so good. Um, I mean, we're kind of lucky that that's on, because it is an incredible role that Shauna, and actually the whole cast, yeah. were all women, do you know what I mean? <clears throat> it was a, it was an amazing script and beautifully played, I believe, by the actors. Red Rock, which is the TV series that we do for uh, TV3 on a kind of a long-form basis, it's like a long-term, long drama. Uh, there's a lot of very strong females in that, um, whether they be kind of women in trouble. Fiona, who's over there, was in episode one, I believe, mm-hmm. and played a, a lady with um, with early onset of Alzheimer's. So that was 
cool and interesting, I believe, to kind of explore. Obviously, the women who are the Garda, they get to kind of be in very interesting positions. So, yeah, because we're lucky enough that we, the, my team and I, cast a number of projects, there's always something very kind of exciting for a woman there. Um, actually, more than once. It's, it happens all the time. Yeah. How did you find these, the ladies from Mad Mary? Was it extensive how... Did it come quickly for you? Yeah. I didn't mean to hijack that. That's fine. No, that's totally fine. I'll just sit here. You know, obviously, Sean I'd met before. You'd been into us a few times. Yeah. Charlie, who plays Charlene, um, and Sean at the time were um, in Bow Street, which was then the factory. So it's this very sort of cool and like successful academy, I suppose, for for film actors yeah. and obviously we've been in there and um, <coughs> the casting for Mad Mary Darren the director's in the back there um, and he'll agree I believe that uh, and the producer obviously is that it was it, it was kind of ongoing until the movie was made and that's not just it wasn't sort of like six to eight weeks it was kind of we'd go go into it and then come back to it over kind of a couple of years so Shauna was uh, auditioned quite a lot um, and and as the sort of script developed and changed over that time, um, we sort of found the actors in a very sort of organic way, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, by the end of it, uh, obviously it was Darren's call, but um, it just felt like we had found people who sat very well and matched and brought a different kind of, every person has a different feel. And Siobhan, who plays Leona, for example, the bridesmaids, um, she has such sizzle on camera. Yeah, yeah. You know, she gives yeah. kind of such colour and depth to the world as well. So yeah. it's kind of an organic process, I suppose. And so I'll jump to Shauna and your experience of playing that role and the other female. I mean, you probably only can play female roles being a female. Um, but uh, I mean, no, not necessarily. But, you know, um, that's a different uh, panel discussion. Do you want to talk about uh, your the challenging roles that you've played or, 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 or what kind of characters you align yourself to? Well, I have to say I've been really lucky with the roles that I've I've landed. Like I was saying with Dollhouse, that was like uh, my first feature and it was a lead in that. And she was kind of like a troubled young girl trying to find her place in the world, much like Mad Mary, which like when we got the script to that, I was kind of like, oh, this is great because I mean, not only is she a woman, so I get the chance to play her, but she's like, there's so many things, there's so many parts of being a human being like that I got to explore in her. So that was amazing. And then I just finished this series by Stephanie Prizer <laughs> called Can't Cope, Won't Cope. And in that, I play a girl called Ashling, and, you know, she's kind of figuring out. So I've been really, really fortunate to have like some really big, strong female roles. And Kristen, um, I'll jump to you about writing them yes, and directing I'm, I'm them. I'm taking off my tights as I mentioned. Okay. <laughs> That is your prerogative, and you do what you want. <laughs> um, <laughs> Just getting comfortable. <laughs> the I suppose the the process of writing kind of those sort of strong female characters or directing them, getting those performances out of an actress. What has been your experience of that, or do you find it? I mean, I just think it's it's really about casting. It's the marriage of of the character with the right person, and when that happens, I mean, that's just. That's the that's the magic of movie making, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so in terms of extracting it, I think ideally you don't have to extract too much if you've if you've made the right decision in terms of your who you're. I suppose, but the the casting director is really relying on that character jumping off a page, and so then it does come back to the writer of being like getting that that character and 
in all of their glory onto the page? And is that something that, like, do you sit and think, like, I have to create a really strong female character or it just comes? I mean, that's that's what I want to see in a movie. Yeah. So that's that's the goal anyway. But, um, you know, I had a really rewarding experience getting to create a character with an actress, um, Anna Ferris, who I don't know if you guys know well, but um, we had like a coffee meeting with her and, and said, we love your work. And if there's any, you know, if you have any characters, character ideas or movie ideas, let us know. And she was said, I always wanted to play a Playboy bunny who gets kicked out of the mansion. Um, and, and then, and then she's like, and then maybe she gets addicted to drugs and then she's maybe raped by a priest. And I, I was like, what is happening? <laughs> she was going down this very dark hole with it. And she's like a known for her comedic abilities. So, um, we said, okay, let's think about it. And then we went back and, um, found an old idea of of a a very uptight buttoned up woman who goes to a sorority. Do you have sororities here? Maybe not. No, but we know about them, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um and becomes a house mother for a group of wild and crazy girls. So we thought, oh, maybe we should flip it and have the house bunny be with like very uptight sorority girls and and then we came back to her and said okay so so maybe not the drugs or the the raping part but what if you were a sorority house mother and she was like oh she said okay well tell me a little more about it and then we would meet and collaborate and talk through and we built that whole story together over the course of about five months and then went out the three of us and pitched it to to studios and it took us a long it took us about 20 21 pitches to finally find someone who would buy it. But that was so fun being in collaboration with the person who came up with the character and, and getting to kind of put on a little stage play. Every time we'd walk into a room, we'd start to tell the story and she'd, she'd be like, what should I wear today? And oh, the green short skirt and the pink shoes. And the playboy ears. <laughs> so I'm just going to jump back to you, Louise. Do you see, and I'm, I'm, aware that this is kind of a leading question, but I w- was wondering about the differences you notice or don't notice between male actors and female actors when they come to stand in front of you to, to audition. Men generally have short hair. No, um, you know, that's, yeah, I'm trying to, okay. I suppose I'm leading you towards ask, uh, discussing things that we can do as women for our own confidence and putting ourselves out there. there. You know, there's been a lot of statistical studies about like, the alpha personality being like it's not just that it's men that have that some women have it but across the board it tends to be more masculine and women like the difference in pay scale and the difference in opportunity is often because women are less you know like confident in putting themselves forward for things asking for the raise asking for the job and I'm just wondering if that's something that you notice in casting I you know what I'm not entirely sure that it is I would think as a sort of a general male female um note to people the more prepared you are the more kind of work you put in in advance of coming in for the meeting the more you realize that we want you there we really want you to be good i really want you to be good do you know what i mean <clears throat> that the people in that room are keeping their fingers crossed so if that gives you some form of confidence whether it's a woman or a man and if you look at the page and say okay so i don't have blonde hair do you know what I mean? 
that you know so therefore I'm written out or you know you sitting outside and you might see somebody who you saw on TV last week and that little voice in your head which is just a little bit of insecurity or or a sort of sla- uh, slight lack of confidence sort of writes yourself off a tiny bit now is the time for you to hear that, that please don't do that do you know what I mean so whether you're a woman or a man what I would ask is that you prepare really really well and know that we want you to be comfortable and we want you to be safe and we want you to to be great and people that work alongside me and I don't think that it's a unique thing that we have but it's really important for us to make you feel safe and to take as long and be nurturing within that space um so I'm not entirely sure if it's a if it's a you have to have a slightly more alpha personality or not because to be honest to create um a diverse interesting 3D world, we need all different types of people and we need all different types of energy. But it, but to, to get that part, I suppose, all I would just ask is preparation and, and a bit of self-possession and knowing that we we really want you to be great. Because you're there for a reason. Do you know what I mean? We've done a lot of work to get you there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's I, I think it's interesting as like wh- when I used to act or when I do act, seeing the the characters, I suppose the reason that I wrote Can't Cope, Won't Cope was because I didn't see myself represented in Irish television. And so I feel that it's very, um, I felt like it wasn't, it's not very useful for me to see characters on film and television always make the right decisions. That's just not useful for me. So when it comes to me making a big fuck up in my life, I'm like, oh, I'm the only one who does this because everyone else's life is so rosy. And so, um, but when I would get a script, the sides, you know, it would always be, I, I the, the male characters always seemed more diverse and more deep. And I, I just remember, and like from a very young age, being like, why? I wish I was a man. Like, I wish I could do those like really cool characters, not just like stand in the corner. And also I used to be, I used to be heavier. And so that, that, that also counted me out. And so I guess my question coming to you, Shauna, and I'm just trying to work out how to phrase it would be would you notice like in the sides that in the characters that you're sent for apart from the ones that you've landed like the ones that and like maybe there are earlier ones that you haven't landed or across your theater work because i know that you do that a lot is there do you do you notice the difference between the, the 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 male characters that you'd be reading opposite and the female ones that you're playing a lot of the time yeah like you would get a script and you'd kind of be like oh you know, and that's terrible, but you're, you're kind of looking for something within it. And sometimes, yeah, it is, you're like, you know, the girlfriend or the sidekick or the, you know, um, the kind of secondary character. And that's, they're like, you know, there are different roles you have to play and that's, that's cool. But sometimes, like, I have seen scripts that women characters, I'm kind of like, well, why that could not be a woman? Why could not be a woman? You know what I mean? If they could just take gender sometimes off things, but uh, to give us just the chance. on that note, we do ask that question very, very. Oh regularly. yeah, no, yeah. As in, like you know, and and it's never met. I mean, uh, like resoundingly uh, by mm-hmm. a producer or a director with no, it definitely has to be that. And when it comes to sort of detective, inspector, nurse, doctor, lawyer, everybody, all those. I mean, like especially in television. It can absolutely be all of those things. Yeah. So we do make sure to kind of... Yeah, and you see it more often, yeah. like, especially here. I don't know what it's like in the rest of the world, but, like, here you do see that more, like, and it, it really is, I feel, changing a lot of the time, like, because yeah. I know you guys do that. Yeah, we do, yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Best person for the job. Yeah. Unless, you know what I mean? 
I have to say though, from writing, <laughs> from writing, can cope, won't cope. Um, my na- and it's probably just me, but naturally I would always be like, man one, man on train, man this, and then yeah, like just, and and then I would be like, hang on, why? Like she's just asking him for a phone charger. Why does that have to be a man? You know? And it's like my own, just I don't know. It's just yeah, like, yeah, like extras or extra people are men. You know? Yeah. And then it was the pre- unconscious bias, right? Yeah. Yeah. Do you do you have that when you're writing, or are you yeah, way better than me? Um, I think <laughs> in terms of like yeah. feminism. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I think so. I think we all do. You know, it's just like it's the way that we're that people are wired. I mean, I think in Hollywood, like all studio executives are are wired, have been wired that way to to look at um, for when thinking about who to direct a large scale. Um, action movie, for instance, uh, if it's going to be a woman, there's Catherine Bigelow, and that's it. You know, um, so that that's changing now. Um, there's been so much written about it and uh, about kind of exploding that unconscious bias on the part of people who hire filmmakers. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a big topic, and I think it is changing. I think it is changing, but it it's changing slowly and I know from my own experience that it hasn't changed within like even though I'm all for it and I'm creating radical female characters, I have to admit that when it comes down to like the minutiae or when I'm imagining a crowd scene, it's gonna it's mainly men in my head. And that that has to be kind of switched. Okay, so I'm kind of done with my questions. Uh so I'm gonna um open it up to the floor. Yes. Um, I'm going to repeat the questions because this is being recorded. My question is for you. Um, I'm American, and for my generation, 10 Things I Hate About You, She's the Man, Legally Blonde, like really set the sort of feminist tone for my generation. And so I wow. want to say two yeah. things. That's, like, that's really nice to hear. <laughs> I mean, 10 Things I Hate About You just is great. And Legally Blonde, like, come on, it's a Broadway musical now. (laughs) It's so good. And just how, because, I mean, that was 16, 17 years ago. Like, was it difficult to get those films pitched or, like, done? It. You know what's funny is it wasn't actually, because in that time, um... Well, it was sort of this weird. Remember, teenage movies were having this big mm-hmm. resurgence in the um, in the ninety in the late nineties, and uh, and I think Disney wanted to make a teen movie. They had like a a corporate mandate to make a teen movie because Clueless had come out, mm-hmm. and um, <coughs> Romeo and Juliet was kind of percolating and about to come out, and and so we were in the right place at the right time. Mm-hmm. But, you know, there was a lot of discussions with that script about making sure that Kat was likable. And in the in the original script, both of her parents were um, there in the script and they said, you need to get rid of her mother so we understand why she's, you know, so angry all the time. So I, I think it ultimately helped the story, but and we found a way to make it work. But I thought that was funny. You know, there's always that question of, can we want to make sure she's more likable um in legally blonde we added in uh scene scenes very late in the process to make sure she was likable and intelligent and it was it's funny that you know those were ongoing conversations and and again i think you know the 
one of the scenes is in the store in the store when she's like kind of outsmarting the the shop girl who's and that came very late in the writing and it's a it's a it's a beloved scene so sometimes those those notes end up really serving you but um but it's funny now too I mean someone asked me last night okay so you've been you've been part of this change in some way which I didn't really realize was happening at the time I was just writing what I believed in and wanted to write in the movies I wanted to see but you know where do you fit now what how do you go forward in your life when everybody awareness is here and heightened how, how do you how do you like move on and not be stuck in so I'm taking suggestions uh, <laughs> well I guess on that I was just kind of like continue to like write what you want to yeah. see and like yeah. as you change as the artist yeah. you kind of shape public opinion on things yeah. um, thank you for your question um, does anyone else have any questions for anyone on the panel Yes, at the back. I just wanted to ask Louise about sort of uh, taking a casting out on the road. And obviously, Sing Street is a different sort of area. Did you cast Sing Street? Do you want to stand up, Caroline? Just for the like red rock, I'm just wondering: is that something that you go to the production team with? Is that your idea to sort of put a big search out, or is that something that the director comes to you with? Uh, no, that's uh, that's generally from us, to be honest. Um, now it's like it's not like it's a novel or new idea. Um, but but here it is, isn't it? Um, I don't know. I suppose, like to be honest, I can only kind of examine the projects that you know we've worked on. But each project, so there's two that you mentioned there. Okay, so Red Rock. I'd never worked on a, a very long television series at all. And um, when uh, Element, Paula from Element rang and uh, was like, so there's this TV series, and I was like, yeah, how many episodes? And she went, 82. And I went, <laughs> <laughs> right, okay, that'll be no problem. So what we had to do with Red Rock at this beginning was find actors who are, you know, beyond the regulars, people who are kind of interested in coming in as guests, sort of interesting faces, all different, you know what I mean? Yeah. Accents and looks and all of that so of course you know if you look at uh, maybe actors on agents books in Dublin for example you'd run out of numbers very fast so we had to be innovative in our way so that's when we kind of went around the country and then Sing Street was (laughs) actually speaking of musicals I was kind of three or four weeks into the casting and the band have to play do you know what I mean and they're young and they had to be you know like all those things so we have to put a band together essentially and um, so we started with the music rather than the acting so like most of the band members actually had never acted before we kind of gave them like tutorials along the way and kind of sat down and talked to the character and just being human and all that stuff um, but the musical about four weeks in I went oh my god I'm casting musical <laughs> and I was like you should have realised that at the beginning I was like yeah I really should have <laughs> yeah. so that, that was that was I mean look same thing if we had gone to just the yeah. usual four or five schools it just would have been impossible so having the big and also to be honest I'd heard years ago um, Roz Hubbard talk about the commitments and the commitments is one of my favourite films mm. of all time so I like totally know it off by heart so um, Roz had talked about this big huge open casting that had happened in Dublin and Karen who works alongside me had kind of remembered the time of people queuing up with their like guitars on their back and I remember thinking that was super cool so when it came along I was like oh, imagine if we could do it like the commitments and we did Brand of applause, Louise.
Or anything else from the floor? Yes. Yes, Kirsten. Uh, just in your experience, again, what you're telling but just in your experience in meetings, uh, I mean, certainly in script meetings, have you come up against much mansplaining? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> because, I mean, I've taken meetings where I've made the contribution, I felt that one should as a writer, and then be told, you don't listen, you don't listen, or you talk too much. And oh, really? I know certainly that I'm looking for a call, that as much as the guys, are guys talking over you? And then having yeah. to... I mean, men always talk over yes. women, I feel like. Um, yeah. Yes. I, I, well, you know, you just have to out, out Fox. We'll let them get their things out that they need to say. And then, you know, then you make you can make your point. But, um, I mean, I think if someone is speaking over you like that, you can say... Um, I, I'm not done. Please don't interrupt. I'm not quite finished yet. You know, you can hold that ground, obviously. Um, or let them do it and then sit silently <laughs> and be a little passive-aggressive about it, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've had I've had a, weird, a, a number of weird things happen, but I always felt like... You know, a little using the female charm offensive can be a, a good thing. Um, you know, and that it's just there's 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 warmth and light that we have that men need, and and you know that's what we that's what we bring to the party too. So we don't have to always clash with them. I think it's kind of it's kind of balance, right? Reading the room, sight. So just psychoanalyzing someone and understanding a little bit of how to how to work with them, how to navigate it. I know, I know, but you do have to be a little bit of a psychologist as a as a writer, I think, and as a human, really. <laughs> yeah. Until the next time, thank you for listening. For more content, podcasts and information, please visit our website at wft.ie.